Welcome to the Disc Jockey News Podcast Edition. Each month, the writers from the Disc Jockey News share some insight about their monthly articles published in the recent Disc Jockey News. Well, good morning, DJ World. My name is Dean Carlson. I am the owner of Night Magic Productions, and I have been an author for the Disc Jockey News now for uh, many years, actually, many years. And uh, so it looks like we're going to do some audio recordings of some of our articles, maybe a recap, just talk a little bit about more of what the thought process was, you know, about the article itself. And last month, or the month of June, I wrote an article called FIFA and DJing. And uh, at that point, you know, the big scandal uh, broke out with the Federation World of Soccer. Not a big soccer fan. <laughs> it's odd that I would even catch something like this, to be quite honest with you. But, you know, when I'm looking at the outside world, I'm always looking at um, things that pertain to my life. Um, and my life, you know, consists of things like uh, DJing, uh, church, you know, um, business life, and, uh, you know, just pleasure and things that I'm doing around it. What struck me <laughs> incredibly odd about the, the whole FIFA thing was that uh, the president of that time, Sepp Blatter, um, who has now stepped down since I've written that article, you know, initially his uh, initial reaction was venomously, hey, I can't possibly know what every person's doing underneath me. And uh, so not only did I take this in a personal level, but I also took it into a, a performance level. Um, you know, uh, business-wise, I can't, I, ha I have three DJs that work for me, uh, Mary, Barb, and, and Sam now. And, uh, you know, I have to, I also, they always represent uh, the company that's going on. And I always have to have a vested interest in what they are doing and, uh, you know, how that reflects upon our company. But most of all, I have to, you know, honestly, you know, know what I am doing and how that reflects on the rest of our company, too. Um, but performance-wise is kind of where I went with this article. Not even a couple days before that, um, I had a, the second or third wedding of my season this year. Um, and, you know, a lot of things went into that wedding overall uh, in general. People hire me because uh, I am creative. I do not want to do the same wedding over and over and over and over and over again. Um, there will be similarities in my weddings, but overall, I want to make sure that, you know, there are some differences um, that go on because if I'm not interested in it, you know, I, I'm not going to do uh, uh, my my clients any service. So there, so all of this requires a, a, to the buildup of a great amount of trust between me and my clients. And, uh, you know, that starts from the second that they first call me on the phone. I mean, we're building that up. Uh, it's funny. I had a DJ um, since then come tag along with me as I was doing a, uh, you know, a planning meeting with it. And after the planning meeting, you know, he sat one table away. The clients didn't even know he was, you know, even with me. We kind of kept that as a hush-hush deal. But afterwards, uh, Jim said to me, he goes, do you always start your, your meetings like that? And what he was referring to is, is that, you know, I asked questions about who they were. You know, I wanted to know what was going on in their life. In this case, um, this was for my July 3rd wedding uh, that's coming up. Um, the guy, you know, he was a geologist and he hadn't had a job. My first question was, did you find work? You know, um, it showed that I cared and I concerned, but that builds that trust level up which eventually, you know, goes a long way with what I can get away with at shows. 
Um, if the clients trust me, they'll allow me to do more, uh, you know, outside the box thinking as long as it's fitting in with their, you know, initial vision of the day. Um, so I do this with all of my clients. You know, I build that trust level up and, uh, you know, things get to go pretty good. And sometimes that trust level takes a jump. And in this case where I was talking about this article um, that happened on May 23rd, um, this wedding, you know, um, 30 days before the wedding, I'm talking to them. And our trust level hit such a level that they fired their friend to be the officiant and asked me to do it. And I was like, well, you know, at the moment I was very honored for that to happen. You know, I was like, oh, sure, I can do that. Uh, I started doing uh, officiating weddings two years ago. And I've done, uh, well, now 15. And I've got three or four this year also uh, coming up um, to perform. So it's not really that big of a deal for me to do this. <coughs> Pardon me. It's not that big of a deal for me to do this uh, overall. You know, I have a plan. You know, I have stuff that makes this move easier. Um, getting to know them does that. But a red flag should have just burst into my, you know, into my head at that moment. That um, how were they willing to, you know, make a giant change like this at such a close date? Because literally, you know, three to four weeks beforehand, this is where this happened. Um, overall. And as it turns out later on, I could see this throughout their day that, um, you know, they had made changes all along, you know, in general, that was going to, to go along with that. So, um, you know, I should have had asked questions a little bit deeper, you know, why do you want this to happen? Or, you know, you know, this or that, uh, you know, overall hindsight, of course, I wrote, you know, is indeed a bummer. Uh, in this case, and, um, you know, that whole day was treated differently after that, you know. Um, I got there plenty early, which leads me to the second point. Uh, first thing is make sure you're asking the questions, hey, why? Bill Herman always talks about the why. Uh, I've heard it before that, but, you know, Bill's really known for that. And, you know, take that why to the next step. Why are you switching to me? Why, 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 why? And, uh, you know, keep asking that question until you get down to the point where you can have no more whys. Well, I didn't do that. And uh, that was a mistake on my part. You know, I got there plenty early for that show overall. And, uh, you know, it was probably five hours early for that show. Um, it was four hours, three, three hours away from my home, which is not uncommon for me. I've traveled 10 states DJing now. Um, I'd like to stop doing that, to be honest with you, but I do. And, uh, you know, we, we got through practice, but everything was so disorganized um, on their end of it. You know, I, I came in and I had this game plan and we were ready to do this and um, they just weren't uh, following along with that overall. Um, so we're, we do the rehearsal and uh, one of the things which brought me to another mistake I made during the day was testing technology. Um, I don't know. I'm a virtual DJ user. Love virtual DJ. They make an app. And apparently, actually, since this broadcast, uh, since I wrote that article, I found out that they're actually making this app for all um, all um, notepad uh, devices. So um, it doesn't doesn't have to be Apple anymore. But I had bought an Apple iPad, you know, got a router, tested this out at home, seemed to work there, got to the venue, and my technology didn't work. Um, I don't bring you know, assistance with me. I should, but I don't. Um, again, hindsight here was probably poor. Lucky for me, I knew the venue owner. 
uh, when I couldn't get, you know, my technology to work. Because as an officiant, you know, having an iPad in your hand and running Virtual DJ up there is pretty slick. <laughs> uh, I think it's cool, actually. But, you know, it's chancy. You know, you have to be prepared for, you know, issues. Now, um, on my behalf of, uh, you know, I, I would have run my laptop up there. Uh, right to the the ceremony area with a cord um, had it not worked out but um, yeah there was a, a lot of issues here uh, overall and you know I know you're all shaking your head at me um, that after DJing for 26 years that I wouldn't you know have that stuff down before it but I am not impervious to uh, you know messing up that's for sure uh, even after this amount of time. Um, I'm super, I, I do want to say this, I am so happy that this happened early in my season this year um, because it just taught me um, that, you know, I need to step up my game. I have to get rid of the, you know, complacency. Oh, I've been to that venue before. Oh, I know that owner. Oh, I know the photographer. I've worked with that photographer before. All of those O's led to me not calling the venue and making sure of certain things there. I mean, I called him once, but really didn't dig deep into some of the other things I should have. Talking to the photographer beforehand. Um, you know, I didn't do that. I'd worked with Alan a, a few times, and uh, it was difficult uh, that day. And I'll get into that in just a second here. But uh, overall, so, you know, all those O's will kill me, that complacency. So what I learned is, is that... You know, I'm not going to be uh, complacent about any weddings before. Um, I have now started to use that wedding as an example in some of my consultations with some of my for, for future brides, as you'll see here in a second. Um, let's talk about the photographer a little bit. Uh, you know, I erupted on Facebook um, right after this show. Well, probably an hour before the show ended. Uh, you know, I couldn't believe some of the things that were happening with this guy. Like I said, I worked with this guy before. Um, he's from my home city, and uh, he had driven three hours to be there. But, uh, you know, in no case had I ever seen him do what he did this day. And uh, so, you know, my first flag should have been, well, why wasn't I involved with photos to begin with? Um, as the officiant, you know, it would have stood to reason that I would have been part of the photo activity that day. Hey, take some photos with the bride and groom. That never happened. Um, so we do the ceremony. Um, we get through the ceremony. Um, there's about an hour and 45 minutes, hour and a half, till the start of dinner afterwards. Um, photographer takes off with the people again, and he runs them out. And this venue is out in the middle of nowhere, Minnesota, north of Brainerd, near Niswa. And I mean, it's beautiful. They, they designed this place from the ground up and I mean, they did landscaping and all this other stuff. So for a place just out in the middle of nowhere, there are photo opportunities everywhere. So the photographer takes them out to the field. You know, what's the first thing as an officiant that you should do after, you know, the ceremony is done? Well, you need to get the, the legal paper signed. And, uh, you know, I went down to that field and I talked to the photographer's assistant. I says, hey, I'm ready for this to happen. Um, you know, just come on back up and grab me when you're ready. Well, then DJ mode started, you know, and um, I switched off of the efficient mindset and I forgot completely about, you know, what was happening out, out there. So now dinner's supposed to start at six o'clock and um, I... And it's a gorgeous day. 
I mean, like I told you, they landscape this venue. There's outside spots. It's gorgeous. One of the first nice days in Minnesota. You know, really, really nice days we had had in a long time. Everybody is outside. Dinner's supposed to start at 6. It's indoors. You know, I'm, I'm a professional. I know how to get people from outside to in. I know how to go talk to the wedding party and say, hey, can you help me? Can you go around and talk to people and tell them we're going to start dinner in, you know, 20 minutes here? Can you move uh, inside? Works like a champ. Everybody from outside went to inside. The problem I, I had was is I didn't check to see if the bride and groom were there at that point. You know, I didn't notice they were, weren't there, but I assumed that they were getting photos, thus the assume word, and that wasn't uh, very healthy. Everybody's inside. I go back out to start talking to the wedding party to get them lined up for some very extravagant intros. I mean, individual theme music. Um, we had music drops, or just drops, I should say, for different uh, people. 16 people in the wedding party, uh, you know, plus the bride and groom, so 18 overall. And uh, they all of a sudden tell me, well, you know, they're not here. The bride and groom aren't here. And I'm like, uh, what? So now everybody's inside. <laughs> And, you know, dinner's supposed to start in 15 minutes. Um, you know, I'm like, okay, where did they go? You know, and it turns out the photographer took them off, off site to do some photos. Um, this has happened to me one other time. Happened to me about seven, eight years ago. And uh, same, same thing happened. I mean, the exact same issue. I didn't know that photographer so back then I knew that was my fault. This time I knew the photographer, never expected this, especially at this venue. You know, then again, I made some assumptions that were not correct. And, uh, you know, I have the bride and groom's phone number. I call him, no answer. Best man, maid of honor, call. Other phone numbers, no answer. Um, dinner's supposed to start, that passes. 15 minutes after dinner, we get a phone call from the bride saying, oh, we'll be back in five minutes. You know, 15 minutes later, they're back. So now, Dinner was supposed to have started, you know, a half hour beforehand, and we've still got all this stuff to do, you know. Um, in hindsight, maybe I should have switched the Grand March entrances, but the bride and groom, you know, they were, they were wanting to do this. They put some work into this, too. And so I lined everybody up, you know, we do the Grand March into the room. Father's doing speeches beforehand. Groom is talking beforehand dinner. So now dinner starts an hour later. So we go from supposed to start at 6 to 7 o'clock. Um, clearly, um, some issues here. That wasn't the main part of the issue, and I'll get to that in just a second uh, again. But um, here's my problem. Uh, you know, again, everything's got to come back to me. You know, this FIFA guy, we're, we were talking about him before, um, Blatt, Blatter. Um, sorry, yeah, Blatter. Uh, SEP. And uh, we were talking about how he didn't accept responsibility for, you know, what was happening around him. Um, we have to do that, you know. Um, in Minnesota, we don't use a lot of coordinators uh, overall. Um, we're the DJs are the ones that are there from the start of ceremony all the way to the last, you know, guest leaves. Um, my job is to make sure that the time is flowing, that everything's going right, um, and I didn't do that. You know, I didn't talk to the photographer. I didn't ask if there was off-site photos to do. I never thought about that. You know, uh, all of these things should have happened beforehand, no matter how many times I've worked with this guy. And I've worked with this photographer a bunch, um, but definitely this is all on me, you know, all on me. I didn't say that in Facebook that night. I was mad. In fact, I removed that Facebook page, uh, that Facebook quote, because it was very unprofessional of me to do that, too. Um, 
all of this stuff could have been headed off earlier. There's a, I don't know if you guys are part of the 1% Solution web uh, page on Facebook, um, but if you're not, uh, shout out to Randy Bartlett, who's a great guy. And uh, twice in the last three or four weeks, you know, um, people have had issues with coordinators. And, you know, my, my response to them is from this lesson learned again is, is that these problems could have been headed off beforehand. All we had to do, or all I had to do, I should say, all I had to do was to call the photographer, find out what his timeline was. You know, say, hey, I, this is what you got cooking here. This is what this wants. Or, you know, even the bride and groom, I could have, you know, gotten a little bit deeper involved with them about that. So, again, my fault altogether uh, in general. So this leads me up to the 7 o'clock start for dinner. Okay, this venue, we're going till midnight. It's a buffet dinner, small line, takes a long time to get through. Um, lots of activity and stuff throughout dinner uh, overall. Um, Going to do a love story, you know, uh, before the first dance tonight, that night. And here's the issue, you know, uh, in a venue like this, which is packed to the gills, you know, they got to remove uh, tables from the dance floor before the dancing start. So dinner starts at 7. You know, it's 8.15 before dinner is done and, and the last toasts are, are done from the best man and maid of honor. I like to split toast up. I like to put the fathers before dinner and I like to put everybody else after dinner um, just so we don't take a long period of time at one point um, for speeches because that gets just silly boring uh, overall. It's a problem in my book. So 8.15, you know, dinner's done. Still, floors got uh, tables on it. Can't do the first dance, you know. Uh, 8.30 rolls on up by the time that they're getting close. 8.35, you know, tables are finally removed. You know, if you've been to venues, there are two things that take an extraordinary amount of time. Getting tables off. I mean, I counsel every single bride and groom about this. And yet, you know, it still happens. I talk to venues about it, and yet it still happens. Um, because like in this case, it was the caterer's responsibility, not the venues, you know, not the bride and grooms, uh, overall. So eight thirty-five. well, you know, love story, five to seven minutes, first dance, three to four minutes, father, daughter dance, three to five minutes, mother, son dance, three to five minutes. Okay. Add all that up. And, um, you have an issue because now the photographer informs me that they want to do sunset photos, which happen at 8.48. <laughs> Not all of this stuff isn't going to happen. You know, um, what do you do? You know, um, you're just outside of the amount of time that you have. Um, again, I didn't know they were doing sunset photos. You know, I found out after dinner that night, and that was on me once again. I mean, it just was. God, this sounds like one of those true confessionals tonight. But it's true. It's on me. You know, I, again, if I had called the venue or if I had called the, you know, photographer beforehand and talked about his timeline, sent him my timeline, asked him for feedback on what he needed in there, any of those things could have helped. You know, um, I use DJ Event Planner. It's easy to send off a copy of the timeline to somebody uh, overall. So a lot of things could have helped. Well, I go up to the bride and groom and I say, okay, here's, here's what we got cooking. <laughs> There's no way we can fit all of this in before your sunset photos. What do you want to do? You know, um, they wanted to do the sunset photos. Um, to them, at that point, I found out how important photos of the day were to them. Not to say that they shouldn't be important, but just 
how important um, is the key here? And off they went. So 8.48, you know, um, they're off. You know, they're off at 8.40 to go get set up. Not even five minutes later, you know, they got to get outside, get to the right spot, do the photos. Great. I figure they're going to be in at 9, 9.05. Didn't see the bride and groom again until 10 o'clock. So now, you know, we have uh, first dance starting at 5 after 10. You know, love story, all that stuff happened. I guess the moral of the whole story here is, is that, you know, it, it's our responsibility um, to get ahead of the game uh, overall uh, in general. You know, um, it, if I look back at the hindsight of this show, here are the things that I should have done. I should have found out a little bit more from the bride and groom about what they were doing with their photographer. I should add that to my consultations to find out what their interests are, if they've set up timelines with other people that are different than the ones that we've set up. Um, maybe I could have, not even maybe, I should have, um, had a more complete timeline, you know, started A to Z and just really worked it um, from every single aspect, not just the parts that I'm involved, you know. I should have called the photographer. I should have called the venue uh, and talked to them a little bit more, maybe done another site visit and found out exactly, you know, how the setup of all this was going to go. I mean, there was a lot of things that I could have done uh, at that at that day. Uh, ultimately, though, I should never have written a Facebook post uh, about this and let my anger get out for me because now I look worse than the FIFA president, and I have no intention of stepping down. So, um, you know, overall, I have one choice. I, you know, many of you guys know I'm in recovery, and the first step of recovery is admitting that you have an issue. You know, in this case, I have an issue, man. You know, I have a problem that needs to be solved that at 26 years, either complacency or just neglect in general has changed my game, you know, and uh, if I want to continue to be viable in this industry for another 20 years, you know, I think I could do 20 more years, um, then I need to do the things that got me successful in the first place. I need to get back to... Um, well, these are basics, you know, let's be honest, they're basics uh, overall. So I invite you guys to email me and uh, to send me, you know, uh, stuff that's going on in your life or maybe some things that you'd like me to cover. Uh, my personal email address is dean at nightmagicproductions.com or give me a call. I would love to hear from you guys. 218-428-8642. That's 218-428-8642. I've been DJing now uh, for uh, 26 years, and uh, you know I started in nightclubs and I moved on into um, the wedding world. Um, look for me to be speaking soon again. Um, I'm in negotiations right now with a couple things, so uh, I've got a couple um, good seminars coming up. One of them is going to be called uh, "Before the Music uh, Plays," and that's uh, going to deal with everything that happens before dinner. I mean, before the first dance ever starts. So. Good luck. Great shows. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Disc Jockey News Podcast Edition. You can find more information about the Disc Jockey News and the print ND edition at discjockeynews.com.